0: If you're looking for a new way to support Side Mission, check out W.GG, an energy supplement company trying to make a difference. Make sure to use code Mission for 15% off your order. Thank you, W, for sponsoring this episode, and we hope you enjoy.
1: Welcome into to the newest episode of Side Mission. I, like always, in your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by the boys, Kyle and Matt, and today we are talking about episode three of Twisted Metal. And fellas, I will just speak from my own perspective of this episode to open us up, just because I typically go to Kyle first, because let's face it, Kyle's the most important member of the podcast without him. This thing doesn't go. Um, Matt's kind of just there, but <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Uh. I feel like this show has, like, episode three is really where this show picks up. I feel like a lot of things, this is where, for a lot of aspects of the show, the humor, the action, uh, the writing, this is where I feel like a lot of it starts to turn a corner and really gets better. Um, The negative side of that is it kind of does make the first two episodes look bad as a result, but I think it's safe to say, best of the first three episodes, episode three is absolutely the best. Kyle... I want to start with you because we've, we've talked quite a bit about Agent Stone and how Thomas Hayden Church was cast perfectly as him, and that's still true. I love that we got more of his backstory here.
0: Yes, same. I think that it was a really smart decision to include all of it, you know, showing, you know, kind of I, – I think it was cool seeing more perspectives of – You know, and I'm sure this won't be the only one that we see, but it's cool seeing more perspectives of, like, when the uh, quote-unquote apocalypse began um, and seeing, you know, what led him to kind of snap and become Agent Stone, you know, become the guy that, you know, he is today. Uh, But, yeah, I think that this this episode is 100% where things pick up and take off, you know. Uh, we get to see a, a few new characters who will be staying um obviously we had the return of uh Mike and Stu um i love
1: those two more every time i see them yeah they're they're, they're
0: pretty great but uh obviously this this episode focused the most around Anthony Mackie's character around quiet and around Agent Stone and i think that you know uh a lot of the little interactions between the characters, sometimes get me the best. And this episode, I think, had some really good ones. Like, you know you know how we mentioned in the last episode, you know, when Quiet was just, like, uh, looking at Anthony Mackey, you know, um, at John Doe. I couldn't remember his uh, name for a minute. But, like, when she was in the glass, so she had his keys. Yeah. Or, like, when she was eating the dinner. Like, it, she wasn't even saying anything. It was just the looks. But now that, you know, she's speaking more, she had some <laughs> – she had more to say here. and there were there were some pretty good interactions between them, and uh yeah this this episode took off a lot with the humor, I think,
1: yeah, I agree. I think that Stephanie Beecher is as quiet i'm just, I love her more and more as well with each passing episode, um mainly because i also I loved her character in brooklyn nine nine I thought she was hysterical and I loved her sense of humor there, and it's her character here is very, very similar, just a little more pun, not intended quiet. Um, that's ugly how I said that. Don't like that. but I-, I-, I love I'm with you that I love the interaction. I love the chemistry. We start to see that relationship between her and John Doe, not not necessarily, you know, romantically or romantic talk speaking, but like the the chemistry between them in this show is really starting to build. And I like that. I like that we're seeing growth between the two of them, um, so much so that, you know we get you get to the end of this episode and, you know, what happens in the episode happens. And, he, you know, John Doe talks about dropping her off. You can see it really affects her. She doesn't necessarily want to leave. Like, the way that she reacts to that is she's disappointed. She doesn't say anything about it. Obviously, we'll get to that point in a bit. But I like that growth in their relationship. I think that is awesome, and I think that's good writing. So I love all that. Uh, Matt, I have to ask, as our resident 31-year-old, how old did the opening scene of this episode make you feel? Because I felt very, very old with all of the throwbacks, whether it was Radio Shack in the background, the phone that the girl pulled out to (laughs) call her mom on, and then the line, I should have brought my Blackberry, or I should have brought my Razor. That's what it was. I should have brought my Razor. I felt very old in all of that.
2: Oh yeah, I appreciate you calling me out of my age for that one. I actually have no memories of what it was like to be a socialite in during that era. Okay, like, <laughs> going to the mall and all that stuff. But and I thought that was a really cool way to open it. I like the fact that this episode gave us a little more insight on Agent Stone's past that leads up to you know why he is the way he is. I like the fact that we're starting to see the uh, beginning of the you know uh, the upcoming apocalypse that's that's coming where all the electronics and everything just start going haywire. Um, but you know, I'm going to say those girls were totally mean to him, <laughs> which I think all three of us have had some sort of interaction with girls like that before.
1: <laughs> Probably. Probably. All but, action, to be honest.
2: Yeah. That was a great way to start the episode because I, I like the fact that, you know, these characters, like it's not just going to be so much about, you know, John Doe and, and quiet, but obviously we got to get backstories on the, on these villains as well. Um, Because a lot of the times, you know, we need to know what their motives are. We need to know what what led them up to being, you know, just, you know, how Agent Stone is just all about, you know, keeping the peace, but he has this very hostile way of doing so. Um, So I definitely enjoyed that this episode goes, you know, gives us so much more insight into his character. It was great character development for him.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I I agree. I think that uh, also um, it was very interesting to see – just how desperate the people became uh you know at the beginning of the apocalypse like when his na- or, you know when his neighbors came over the pregnant lady and you know at first you think that you know oh she's being sincere and that she actually wants help but then as soon as they get inside she calls her husband in and she's like you know grab his guns and you know she was like hey you know it's every man for himself and that was i i think a really interesting moment because it it showed you know I think to Agent Stone that these people that he was trying to protect that everything that you know he knew that he fought for it's it's all gone to shit it's you know just kind of another driving force for him to really go over the edge and wanting to control the law and order of this new world.
1: Yeah. You definitely see kind of the origins of the power of the kind of that. I don't even want to say like the power craze that he has. I don't even like necessarily want to call it that. Yeah. It's that you, you see kind of why he is the way he is. He feel he was disrespected a lot as, you know, as he's called a rent a cop, a mall cop, you know, not a real cop. Like there, there's very much a, like a Paul Blart level of disrespect that he's given another example for our more sophisticated audience, or I mean, I don't know how you get more sophisticated than Paul Blart,
0: but I mean, literally uh,
1: for, but for our more sophisticated audience, kind of like that Richard Jewell. And for anyone that's seen that movie, you know, the guy that the, the red, a cop that famously stopped or famously like saved hundreds of lives in the Atlanta bombing at the Olympics in 1996. Um, There, it's a vibe of that where it's people treat him like he's not a real cop and not a real member of law enforcement and it's as far as those teenagers disrespecting him in the beginning the his pregnant neighbor uh, you know tricking him into letting tricking him into letting her into his house so that he, she and her so that she and her husband can steal all of his guns it's all of that and you kind of understand like you almost empathize why he is the way he is and again this is why I say I feel like the writing really turned a corner here Start You start to see a little bit more evolution, whereas the first two episodes are a lot of build-up, a lot of setup, a lot of, okay, here's all the pieces that are in play, here's where they are, here's what they're doing. Now you're kind of starting to see things move forward a little bit. I think that works. Now let's talk about the best scene of the of the episode, and in my opinion, the best scene of the entire episode so far. The torture scene was fucking hysterical. Like, that is one of the best scenes of the entire yeah. show so far. Uh, and Andrew. I, Kyle, we, were, we were talking about it before we got on. I, I think, yeah, I don't know if it was just Kyle or I think it might have been all of us. We were just talking about it. Don't know if they meant for his thing to be released around the same time as the Barbie movie, but the use of the uh, I'm a Barbie Girl
0: song, incredible, rele- incredible social relevance with that one, right, Kyle? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I, I think that that was definitely some great timing. And also, it, it used for some, you know, a a good uh you know some good comedic effect i think um i i i honestly don't believe that these two studios work together to collab this i think that this is just one of those happy accidents that you know this happened to come out while barbie was ironically in the theaters but yeah the torture scene i mean all every every bit of it was so damn funny like that part where um Oh, what was he talking about when, uh, Stu was talking about meet your maker or something. And Anthony Mackie's character, John Doe looks the at him Macker, yeah. and he corrects him. And I was <laughs> like, Oh dude, that's, <laughs> t- that was that funny as shit. That was one of my
1: favorite parts. Cause they're sitting there getting tortured and he goes, man, that would have been an epic line, but you f- fucked it up. <laughs> yeah. Then they start waterboarding <laughs> just... him again. <laughs> oh, that just, was like, great. And just laughing at, at Stu. And again, Stu is like a very tragic character. Like you are a very like sympathetic character. You really want him to 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 like pop off. You want him to do something good, but everybody just kind of keeps shitting on him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the way the episode ends with him is just so unfortunate that you can't help but feel bad for him. But I, I thought that entire sequence was funny. Just and it's it's the the best part of all of it is it's not even like the craziest torture, like yes, there's waterboarding and there's something like that, but literally the torture sequence starts with them just filling out driver's license applications. It yeah. just starts with them filling out paperwork with really tiny pencils. It's them having to read the letters off of the wall like you do at the optometrist. Like it's it's not even stuff that you would consider torture. It's just stuff that in everyday life we fucking hate doing. Like, we, like everyone hates eye doctor appointments. Everyone hates filling out forms at the DMV. We all hate that stuff. And it's funny as hell that that was used as torture here.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that they absolutely could have gone, you know, the brutal, grotesque way of doing it and, like, you know, mutilated them. But this... Was way better than any kind of like Saw torture scene you could have given me. Because it it was funny as shit. And it's exactly what I expect from this show at this point. It's just. It doesn't necessarily have to make complete sense to me. As long as it makes me laugh. And the action is good. I'm a roll with it. Because this show is wild.
1: Yeah I think that. I, I needed something like this torture sequence. I needed something like that to really keep me invested in this show. Like I, I, I and I'm glad that we got it because I'm excited to see what happens next. So Matt, the the you know, the gist of this episode obviously is, you know, they're they're being tortured, they're trying to figure out where John Doe gets this map from got this map from, who his map maker was, his cartographer, which he funny enough has no idea what the hell that word means. The other funny joke in this, by the way, is when they fill out the file and he says, what if I don't know my dob? Yeah. And he's like, they're like your date of birth. Well, what if I don't know that either? Like <laughs> the, 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 jokes are, the jokes are great in this episode. I will say this was the first episode that really got me to think the humor was awesome. Um, Stu ends up helping them break out after threatening to throw them off the dam that yeah. uh, they've been, that, they, that they're holding. Uh, I thought this escape sequence was really, really good as well. I like that they balanced out the humor with a lot of action here at the end.
2: Yep, I, I do too. I also love during the escape sequence because, you know, quiet goes, you know, often separates from John. I like the fact that, it, you know, it kind of finally comes full circle for her to get revenge for her brother's death. And she, you know, walks in on uh, Shepherd, you know, Agent Stone's little right-hand man, kind of
0: his little man in his right hand
2: yeah if you're paying attention to what he was doing it to then um you got to remember why i kind of hate nerd culture (laughs) um but no it was very satisfying to see her you know be his freaking head in, honestly and she she was was relentless and you could you could feel how angry she was at him and I was like, well, he sure didn't last long, but I kind of figured that, you know, if you're going to kill off this character, I might as well, you know, be here while they are at one of these these checkpoints. And uh, Yeah. They did a really good job of, you know, I, I think the way that everything came together throughout this episode, it, was, it had its moments where there was a little bit of, you know, Sympathy that you felt for John because you really realize he can't remember, you know, he has no memory of his past, like he can't even, you know, remember what his, his, his parents looked like because all that he has left of his past is, uh, is a picture, which I thought a really nice detail is when Stu was going through, you know, his car, you know, he finds that picture and he realizes that John Doe is not just some, you know, Uh, you know
0: crazy
2: crazy survivor in in this post bucket world but he's an actual person and he kind of you know gets that just from looking at that picture and seeing him as a boy and that picture that you know he keeps that picture in his car you know his car is his baby so i like the fact that you know Stu gets some character development here i just don't get character development everybody really gets character development and that's how you progress your story is you know Getting us to be on these, you know, to root for the heroes, you know, get out of their current situation. And they did a great job of doing that. Um, And, uh, you know, from the torture scenes and everything, I was not honestly expecting that sort of like... You know, walk down the the hall, and then you know they get to the end, and then there's just that giant drop off. I was like, well, okay, well that went dark. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, I love like that. I, yeah,
1: as a set piece, I loved that. I thought as a set piece, that was really really cool actually, because I wasn't expecting that. You yeah, see, bullet exactly. holes, and I was like, are they going to have to dodge like it's a shooting range? And then you open the doors, and you realize it's just a drop off into the bottom of the dam. I loved that. I thought that was great. Exactly. Yeah, they did. A, they did. Mm-hmm. And then I loved I loved the way that they antagonized Stu. And they're basically <laughs> joining them. It's like, are you going to be the big man? Are you going to shoot us? That.
0: Yeah, and he was just hesitating the whole time. I think that also, it showed, you know, I mean, we obviously saw from the last episode when uh, Stu hesitated to shoot those survivors by the truck. We can the clearly Eagles, see yeah. that Stu is a little bit more in touch with his human side than some of these other survivors are, because he doesn't want to kill anybody, you know. He very clearly has a good heart, and he's just trying to survive. Uh, I, I really like Stu. I, I think that what happened at, um, at the end, when he eventually teams up with them, and he helps John Doe and Quiet Escape, uh, he gets knocked out by the trunk, and he yeah, gets left behind. Him. And <laughs> that was, yeah, That but that's the thing, is that's how you know that they've built a good character when you didn't give or when when you actually cared that he got left behind and it's not like oh I don't give a shit. I was like no, go back for him. Like I I wanted them to you know take him with them because I I like Stu. I I got to say he's one of my favorite characters outside of Quiet. I like him. He's he's one of the best.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I love Stu. I think, I think the nice way to say it it's the nice way, it's also the Memphis way to say it about Stu. Stu just ain't about that life. Um, yep, yeah, true. In, in touch with his human side, he, he's just not about that life that, you know, Agent Stone and Mike and all these guys there, but he's not about that life. And, and I, I'm interested to see because I probably am going to go watch episode four. I'm not going to cap y'all. I did wa- I watched episode three right before we got on and recorded. So episode two is not even fucking edited yet. So if you want to peek behind That's the curtain, true. there you go. It's probably up. By, it's hopefully up by the time you hear this. But, but who knows? Um, I think that, again, I love, I really am intrigued by this show now. And this episode did a great job of reeling me back in, getting me back invested. Because I'm not going to lie, the reason why I hadn't watched it was after the first two episodes, I enjoyed them. They were fun. But I just, I guess I didn't feel an urgency. I didn't really feel an urgency to go and watch it immediately. But now that I've seen this, I'm not going to lie, I might go and watch a few more episodes as soon as we get off here. Like, I'm interested to see where this goes. So, uh, fellas, before we call it an episode, is there anything else we wanted to add or anything that... Uh, Anything
2: that we forgot um I do want to add though one I absolutely see why Stu got left behind and it's totally worth it when you get to the next episode
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true i I also think uh there during the scene where quiet was uh killing what was his name Shepard I thought that I don't know there at the end when you know she had finished obviously killing him it just looked so fake. I mean, like, she was, like, barely... Like, go back and watch that scene. Yeah, she not, barely not, swings it, it a it couple of times. Weird. And I'm like, okay, that wouldn't even... That wouldn't even hurt, you know? That wouldn't even break skin. Like, I mean, the first couple of times, I was like, oh, she's really putting it in there. But then the last few times, I was like, okay, it's like you got tired and just gave up. That I don't know, that was one thing that kind of bothered me because I was like, if you're going to have a scene like that where somebody is instead of you know like stabbing them or shooting them if they're going to go as far as to beat their brains in with a blunt object they should show that rage and anger the whole way through because i mean it it takes a lot for you to get so angry that you know you you beat someone to death shooting them is a very instant thing stabbing them is a very instant thing but like she should have had more emotion the whole way through instead of kind of just giving up halfway because I was like, oh, why didn't she just shoot him instead?
1: You know, I have, I have something I wanted to add about that. Is it weird? I thought that scene at first was in slow motion and it really took me out when I realized yep.
0: it wasn't. Yeah. I thought so too.
1: It, it, re- I, just to it yeah. I just want to know, let me, let me, let me do this real quick, man. Let me, I have something I'm, I'm stop. I'm doing something. Um, Tyler just, Tyler just robbed me on Monopoly Go in the middle of other- <laughs> <laughs> So there's a special place in hell for him uh, Hey I had to get him already. while
0: he wasn't paid attention
1: Listen man you fucking
2: asshole You gotta wait till he goes to sleep bro That's the rule <laughs>
0: That's what I get you <laughs>
1: Kyle's waking up with no shields and no landmarks oh, tomorrow. I'm shit. I'm buying dice, damn no, it. No, <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think outside of that one scene, th- there wasn't a lot that I disliked about this episode. I-, I was a fan of a lot. And more than anything, I'm with you both. I am a massive fan of Quiet in this show so far. Massive yes. fan of her. I-, I think Stephanie Beatriz has ex- absolutely killed this role. I'm excited to see more of her. So, Twisted Metal Episode 3, really, really standout episode so far. Can't wait to talk about it more later this week when we record. Inevitably when we record Episode 4. Maybe we'll record it this week. Maybe we won't. Who knows? Armored Core is coming this week. We're excited to sink sink some time into that. Finally! Platinum looks like it's going to be fucking unbearable.
0: Yeah. (laughs) uh,
1: that's going to be rough. We also have Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That came out. We haven't decided if we're doing an episode on that, I don't think. We haven't made that decision yet. We got a lot of great games coming out still. Starfield's coming soon. Baldur's Gate 3 drops on PlayStation soon. So we got some big gaming-related stuff coming soon. We know we haven't done a gaming-related episode in a minute. That is coming soon. We can't wait to get back on that. But Twisted Metal 3 has been a cool way to really pass the time, and I've enjoyed doing these episodes with y'all. So that will do it for this episode of side mission be sure to follow us on twitter at side mission pod you can check us out on facebook as well at side mission podcast for the boys for kyle for matt i'm rusty thanks for listening